You're listening to Hoosier Football Tailgate on the Believe Network. Hoosier Football Tailgate is sponsored by Bet Online. Bet Online is where the game starts. Hello and welcome to the Hoosier Football Tailgate right here on the Believe Network. I want to thank our sponsors, Bet Online, for their undivided support throughout the football season and now into the off season bet online is often rolling with the nfl in full stride the nba college basketball you got the college football playoffs and bowl games coming up nhl as well nba i may have said already is your number one destinations for all sports wagering you can get it uh, uh, right on your fingertips both by the desktop and mobile access at any time. Almost any sport that is played from the MMA to international soccer. Head over to Bet Online today. Remember, use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online is where the game starts. And well, thank you again, like I said, to Bet Online and all their support. Uh, on the Hoosier football tailgate on the Believe Network. A lot of things have happened here over the course of the last week as Kurt Signetti and his staff now is pretty much in, enveloped into the recruiting process that they need to be in. Uh, not only evaluating their incoming and also working with the portal as many athletes have you know, one of those things where things happen and uh, that's just the the nature of the, the, the beast. Now, Indiana had a plethora of, of recruits, freshmen coming in uh, or scheduled to commit to Indiana. I think it was somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 plus at the time. And uh, from what I understand is that Coach Signetti has – evaluated some some positions as well as uh, ask kids to maybe look like they need to move move on and look for other opportunities I hate that I don't like it because the kid's been engaged with IU for a better part of a year and um, unfortunately that's just the nature of the beast and you know, uh, if there's not a spot there for them, uh, you don't want to go somewhere where you may welcome. So, uh, over this time and, uh, it's just one of those things where, uh, you know, he's got to get the right kids in there. Now he's had several, uh, recommit where they reevaluate, uh, re offered some of, uh, the recruits that Indiana had and they have kept. Uh, and I think that number right now is around 12 and then he's offered a couple, uh, of offers out there as well. I know on a couple of quarterbacks now that one of them, I think is the 24 kit, 24 and the other one may be, uh, uh, like a 25, 26, but, uh, he's off the ground and running and, uh, he's done a lot here over the last through, uh, three, uh, few weeks, uh, 
with recruiting. We're going to talk about that a little bit later and go over not only high school kids, but as well as those that are in the portal, because some big news hit today on a Hoosier that entered the portal and now has made a commitment to attend another university. We'll talk about that later. And, uh, Unfortunately, we're going to lose some pretty good ball players. I'm afraid, but that's what happens when you have changeover in staff. The other big news today uh, that happened this week, earlier in the week, the NCAA has made a proposal to the major Division One schools on re- redefining. Uh, different levels of competition and really creating what I would call uh, a two tiered division one. And what that would look like is a elite, elite division one where there'd be different rules as it pertains to certain aspects that I'll outline here in a second and a, uh, and a, kind of status quo level that maybe the mid-majors operate in currently um, because maybe they don't have the financial backing. And then that's going to be something that is going to be a big part of it. Now, this is just a proposal that went out to all presidents at the Division One level, as well as the ADs to look it over. Personally, I think this is the NCAA's way of trying to remain in the administrative state as it pertains to college athletics, that they can handle that aspect of it at a, in, in a different form. Um, because I know several schools at the Division One, you know, the major major level were thinking or proposing themselves to just break away from the NCAA so they no longer were under that uh, administrative state, so to speak, with their rules and stuff. So now the NCAA has created this proposal and basically has really redefined what that would be. And here are some of the quick uh, caveats from all that. Of course, they would create a new subdivision within the NCAA you know, the highest resource skills, the ability to compete, uh, comp- compensate their athletes at a different level. Uh, it gives also the proposal, the way it read is that at the, at this higher level, you would have to put in a trust at least $30,000 per year per athlete for at least half of the school's eligible athletes. So it wouldn't necessarily be everyone. It would be a determined amount that those individuals are, you would get like 30 grand. It would also bring uh, that the collectives and the name image and likeness to a, to end, you know, under that umbrella so that title nine would be in full force and they would have to determine uh, the number of athletes, but also with that being a 50, 50 split, that means there would be female athletes that would also uh, benefit from this type of rule. Now, 30,000 a year is the minimum. It, it could be as many as, as much as you want. As long as you're doing the Title IX aspect of things, then it also brings those the collectives and NIL under the athletic umbrella, and then they can do things there uh, 
instead of on the outside. Create the rules that the member schools could determine scholarship limits, roster size and sizes in various sports. This one to me is maybe a little bit bigger than the $30,000 deal. Um, you could essentially have an undetermined amount of scholarships uh, for football, let's say, and you can increase the squad size from a hundred and what is it? 105 um, up to whatever you want it to be. As long as you are making the necessary compliances with uh, title nine and things of that magnitude. Uh, this would be huge because essentially you could have, I mean, like I said, uh, 130 on scholarship. Now I know the football coaches for the better part of the last five or six years have been asking for this because the injuries that have occurred throughout the season that may ultimately deplete a position group because of certain you know, different rules and things that maybe they didn't weren't able to offer, you know, uh, exposition that one year and so forth that made them behind. So the coaches have been asking this to go from 85 to, I believe, 95 or 100. So this has been in the works of discussion for a while, but this is a huge impact if this proposal would go as written. Um it would create a structure where schools who could do more in compensation could. In other words, it's, you know, the Alabama's, Michigan's, you know, the top tier programs out there. Um, you know, if they've got the money, they can do whatever they want. If it creates an unfair advantage because they're able to pay, you know, X, Y, and Z more or offer you know, more scholarships or whatever the case may be, it does. Now, in my opinion, it creates a very big unlevel playing field because even though you've got all these conferences, not every school within that conference ultimately is going to be able to take on what Michigan could do or Ohio State could do or Bama or Georgia Floor. I mean, so you can see where this can kind of create some unlevel playing fields based upon that alone. And that would be a concern in that regard. And this is why Indiana schools like Indiana would have to make a very big commitment monetarily for their football programs in order to compete at that level. Now, if they choose not to, but do remain within that big big 10 structure or whatever that may be, when they have to play teams that have more resources than they do, because they couldn't get the kids or whatever, um, you can see where that uh, gap uh, could get even wider in some respects. So a little concerned about that one uh, as it pertains to those schools. Schools could, schools could then engage in NIL deals with their athletes. And I think that's a big one because the, the schools can lock up their name, image, and likeness. And, you know, it, you know, that would, 
you know, help on one end. Now that wouldn't prevent a kid from going out to like what, you know, uh, the Williams kid out in USC did where he did a couple commercials for Nissan and some of the other ones where they got paid. But at least the schools could engage in that as well because it's under a one umbrella. This is the big part, and this is where the NCA is trying to save themselves. The NCA remains the governing body except for the college football playoffs because that would still be a separate thing that would be dealt with but you know the basketball tournaments and thing is that but they would still be the overall structure and in uh rules enforcer for all the ncaa schools and honestly i think that's what uh most presidents would still want is some form of that in place um so that, you know, they have something taken care of all the sports and it's just not the wild, wild west, so to speak. But that, you know, the, the Atlantic had a good uh, article on this as it pertains to how it worked out uh, in terms of different aspects of it. I know that I'm just kind of hitting on a few points on this, but um, I think the biggest thing is um you know, the 30 K being just the bare minimum as it pertains to what they could pay athletes. So upon getting a, you know, a scholarship, a full ride scholarship, uh, now they could pay them. Now they still would not be considered employees of the institution. So they're still figuring out, you know, I'm not sure how that all translates into all this, but, um, you can you can see right there and then uh, how this may have a huge impact on schools like Indiana, uh, Northwestern, Minnesota, um, you know, whatever you, you know, University of Cincinnati, who's in the Big 12 and they've made the bump up. You know, I think ultimately I'm not quite sh- I'm not sure how that would all look, but um what decisions have to be made if something like this is, you know, is adopted by the NCA and it's going to come sooner rather than later uh, as it pertains uh, to the implementation on this, you know, it would, you know, you like, for instance, Indiana's got, you know, the Hoosier collective and some other ones out there um, that they've gotten the $3 million and some of them have raised money over a million and stuff and all that's, you know, going to help coach Sig in his aspect of the portal and how he does that. Not only with those guys that are in it, guys that are still on the team or incoming uh, freshmen, but 3 million is not anywhere close to what a Michigan Alabama has to deal with. They have somewhere in the neighborhood of 15 to 20 million per year. And that's where the dis- discrepancy and the biggest gap happens. So Indiana would really have to raise it uh, to do it that way. Now, I saw an article on the $30,000 minimum limit that they'd have to do for half of the athletes, you know, so it's somewhere like 500 athletes, boys, boys and girls. And it was going to come out to like 7.7 million that these schools would have to, you know, put in this trust to be in just at the bare minimum with that. So, 
for Alabama, that's a drop in the hat. Michigan, that's a drop in the hat. Indiana, how does that impact them in that regard and other schools? And then how does that impact with money that they're going to have to get? And that's what they're going to have to commit to, to give the football program at IU a fighting chance to be competitive. And, and you know, I know some people will argue and say, well, just drop football. I'm going to tell you right now that you don't want that because you're not going to be in the Big Ten anymore. That's number one. Okay, you're not going to be in the Big Ten anymore. And if that's not, an, you know, I don't think that's what you want, because I still think that exposure alone is better than being some lone basketball school in the, you know, the Big East or wherever those schools compete at. Um I just don't think that's that's the answer. But who knows what they could say? But what I'm saying is Indiana is going to have to make this decision and they're going to have to get on board with it sooner rather than later. And I'm not saying it's going to happen overnight, but they're going to have to do this uh, not only uh, this year with what they have, but they're going to have to what do they do to double that amount next year? You know, going from three to six or six to 10 um, in that regard, uh, millions of dollars uh, on top of this. The other thing that in that article that I also forgot to um, uh, orchestrate was there's a cap right now on what schools can pay out to athletes in terms of cost of attendance and things of that magnitude. That would also be removed, letting the schools decide what that would ultimately be, how that ultimately would be distributed and so forth and so on. So every kid that's on the roster in some form or fashion is probably going to get a little bit of money. Um, now, the better the athlete, the more the money, because you get naming and gentlemen's like us, then not every, you know, you're not going to have 105 kids making six figures a year. You know, it's going to be very limited, you know, maybe your top 22, top 30 type of kids, but they're going to have at least some bare minimums that are going to be able for those kids that are not in that position right now. Uh, you know, they'll get something and then, then they've got something to try to work for you know, in that regard. So I don't know if this proposal per se as is would be adopted and accepted. It's a start of conversation, but ultimately the idea behind this is so the NCAA can remain in charge of college athletics at the top level and not risk them pulling away and establishing something else. Because if they do that, then this would, uh, you know, really hurt the NCAA overall in that respect. Now, let's talk a little bit about recruiting and kind of what's been occurring and going on here of late. Um, I know that um, Indiana, for the most part, has been, let me see if I can get over here to that screen, if I can, there we go. Um, right now, these are the kids that Indiana does have commitments from. And it's right now it's 12 and it's gone down some. Now, these kids have supposedly been re offered by Coach Signetti and his staff, as well as other kids that they have added to uh, the offer list. But these right now is what who they've uh, stayed with as it pertains to uh, commitments overall uh, at Indiana. 
And I believe it's a pretty good start for them to remain with at that regard and continue with, because I do think they can go up to about 30 scholarships this year, if I'm not mistaken. So they've got plenty of scholarships to give and to meet the needs that they fulfill, they, they, they need at, at uh, Indiana this coming year. But right now, 12 is where they're at. Remember, December 20th is the first time that they can actually have a true signing date. That doesn't mean after that that no one else can sign. They can sign as far up to, you know, June for that matter. But we've grown we've drawn away from that February traditional signing date where December 20th is kind of taken over that. And then you have another one there in February on the other flip side of this, the portal and top off, top off. Brendan Sorsby the one that made a commitment today announced on, on, on X that he was heading to the university of Cincinnati. So there's one Hoosier that's not in the picture no longer. And then you can see that Jalen Lucas just went in today, I believe. And he's got offers from Penn state and, and, uh, uh, Arizona state thus far in, in that category, um, coming down, Jordan Greer's picked up an offer from Tulsa, um, Bedford, uh, Lyman. He's got an offer from Al, uh, Auburn. And then the big one down here, Donovan McCauley with an NIL valuation of about 240,000. He's got multitude of offers, including Kentucky, but he's picked up a Penn State and Michigan. And unfortunately, I don't see uh, D-Mac remaining with the Hoosiers. Um, I do think he'll look to uh, at the grass on the other side of the fence, so to speak, and see where he can get money-wise. And then uh, Carter Smith, the young kid from freshman, he was a high touted recruit. Um, you know, he's got an offer from Ole Miss. So there's one, another one that can get away. Uh, Mounds has a, one from Akron. Miles Jackson has, ironically, JMU and then uh, other school. Um, Alabama, I think that's Alabama A&M, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, good source for this on 3.com, as well as as pigs.com have some of this uh, up to date and with the transfers. But I would say that, you know, it's probably likely that Jalen Lucas, uh, Donovan McCauley, and we already know that Soresby is – is gone and that doesn't mean other players could enter in the into the transfer portal now kids that have already transferred like Taven Jackson for instance if he went back in the portal and transferred somewhere else he'd have to set out a year because he's already had his one transfer so I don't see that happening um, at the present time so I look for him to be back as is Brock Lowry has not made any decision as it pertains to the portal. And so I think there's a good sign. Now, some of these kids, I'm sure that Coach Signetti, in my opinion, is probably talking to Donovan McCauley to keep him to stay here. But when a coaching change happens, it's difficult um, in some respects to keep kids, um, especially some of your top players. And that right there would really hurt the wide receiver room for the Hoosiers. Uh, 
next year in terms of losing some kids like that and including Jalen Lucas, who's a dynamic player as well. So you can see it's a very fluid situation and it's, you know, day by day, it changes. It changes with not only the high school recruits, but it also changes with um, the portal and how that is going to impact or not impact the Hoosiers when it comes to December 20th and on. And uh, hopefully we can, you know, keep some of these talented kids around because it's hard to replace a body like Donald McCauley. Um, You know, it's just difficult. And that's why you see Michigan and Penn state offering a kid like that because his size and length and things that he can do down the field. uh, Those type of schools, they want that type of kid. So that's a hard one to swallow a little bit, but we'll see what all happens in that regard. Uh, going forth, I know that the JMU quarterback who's through for like 3000 plus yards this year is also in the portal. I don't know or have not heard if Indiana has made any offers or overtures to him. I know that they have offered some kids that they did recruit at JMU. Uh, one of them was a quarterback out, uh, that uh, looks pretty decent. Um, so you'll have to, you'll have to see what happens on that front. Um, as it pertains to signing and things of that magnitude with the portal and how that may all play out. Most of the staff from what I'm understanding is in place, uh, for Indiana. Now they're doing some double duty with coaching down at JMU for the bowl game. Um, but you know, uh, the coordinators are all established. Brian Haynes came in and Pat Coons, her previous IU uh, GAs are back in back in Beantown and Bryant coming in as the defensive coordinator. He's done a great job at JMU. Uh, and I'm pretty excited to see him get his opportunity at the power five since I had the pleasure of giving him his first job. So, uh, I guess you can say I have an eye for talent, but, uh, I believe that he is, um, going to be one of those guys that, uh, uh, is going to do well. Um, and I know I got a comment here. Thanks for the comments from Terry Davis. It says it's already unfair. Seems like the schools are trying to get their hands on the money by becoming a middleman. Well, that may be true. Uh, and that's why I think the NCA wants to have some, uh, guidance and directions over that as well. Uh, Terry, but, uh, you know, yeah, the schools want to protect themselves as much as possible because they're the ones that have benefited all the years. But now all the money that they're getting for their TV rights, uh, you know, those are billions of dollars that they're going to have to now uh, kind of share out with their student athletes. Um, all that's going to come into into a fold. But I know having the collectives a part of the whole story as opposed to them being on the outside where the schools have nothing to do with and vice versa, or they couldn't have anything to do with having them in house, I think would be a better scenario uh, as opposed to having it outside, but time will tell. And again, these are just proposals. Um, A lot of things are going to change between now and ever this being adopted. But IU uh, is really going to have to get themselves in a position. So when this does become a uh, answer uh, to what they're going to do moving forward with the NCAA and paying kids, uh, you know, 
salaries and things of that magnitude. Um, we'll have it ironed out by the NCA and the member schools. And, you know, more times than not, what is proposed is, you know, never really the final product anyway. They'll try to, you know, get everyone's input and find out what this is going to do and how is it going to impact everyone per se. But again, it's not going to keep the Michigans and Alabamas and things of that nature from having more than, you know, anybody. And that's always going to be the issue uh, when it goes, it goes forward, but that's kind of way it's been now anyway. Um, now it's just going to be, they're going to have the opportunity. I, the thing that I would worry about is the number of scholarships that schools could give because, you know, in the days before there was an 85 scholarship limit and I've heard Lee Corso talk about this all the time. Um, Woody Hayes would offer a guy that I, you wanted that he thought, well, he's not, he's maybe pretty good, but I don't want him to go to IU cause I don't want to play for him. So they'd offer him just to take him off the streets and not get, not let a, a school like IU uh, get a chance at, at getting that kid. And that's what the, they used to do. Bear Bryant at Alabama was kind of the master of it. He'd, you know, he would offer a multitude of kids so that he didn't have to play against them at Georgia or Auburn or wherever. So uh, that's the thing that I think ultimately can be a little bit, uh, I don't know, uh, a devastating blow to a school like IU. So we'll see what happens. We'll keep you abreast of everything, not only from the recruiting aspect, from the proposals that may or may not come down the pipe as we learn of them. Uh, appreciate you joining us here this afternoon. Remember, Bet Online, the number one source for all things sports wagering. Thanks for their support of the Hoosier Football Tailgate. But for now, I'm the Coach Griffith. This has been the Hoosier Football Tailgate right here on the Believe Network.